listening to Blue Yonder with your hosts, Jim Jones, Peter Streets, and introducing Aaron Hubbard. We're just talking on the balcony with Danny Craig. Uh, we get the people a poor audio quality cast. Yeah. We have a good time drinking whiskey from the cigars. Hell yeah. Sitting outside. And we're going for a, we're going for a world record shitty quality cast. We are. We got a three-way splitter feeding it to the shitty mic uh, port of my Lenovo laptop. We're going to be constantly blowing smoke. We're going to be constantly blowing smoke and jingling ice into the microphone. We have about one million <laughs> Bugs and frogs, <laughs> you know, having just what you only describe as a cacophony. Yeah. Cacophony uh, out here at the Hubbard compound. And uh, my 14 seer air conditioner is going to kick on about every 10 minutes to give you a nice little wash. Yep. So, yeah, we're, we're going to go for new lows. Yeah, we're trying to we're trying to attract more people with a, with a straightforward policy of us having more fun than the listener each week. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, while we're, we're, we're smoking... Indeed. We're smoking How cigars. Basically, we're pretending we're already a success and simultaneously sabotaging any chance of that. <laughs> I love it. So what are we talking about this week, guys? Well, I had this idea that we would discuss crossovers. Crossovers? Yes. Like... Like if you wear your shirt and your pants backwards and you have a wrap group. I think that's called cross-dressing. Chris, that's Chris cross Chris crossovers. <laughs> I believe I'm I have a urge to jump. Jump. <laughs> no, basically this would be um, a discussion of when movies go to games, when something basically starts off in its native medium and then travels the gap over to a new medium. And what exactly that means, usually it means, at least if you're talking movies to game, that it's going to suck balls. Sure, yeah. And I kind of haven't really discussed or explored that in real time with you gentle folks, and would kind of like to discuss it. But that's not all. I mean, there are other forms. There's, you know, when games turn into movies, you know, yeah. like the... Like, Which also usually sucks. Usually sucks, indeed. Um, and also, you know, books to movies. You know, that seems to be a common practice, and usually yeah. because it's very successful. You know, not that there's any shortage of, you know, games to movies or movies to games, because <laughs> studios keep doing that, too. They still get made somehow, yeah. But um, also, you know, maybe movies to books. Is there any examples of those, and what do we actually know about you know, crossovers. Why yeah, is I go so far as to say, I don't think I think of a single movie to book. The one that Star I'm Wars. thinking of was Star Wars Episode Two. was written by Ari Salvatore, a famous D&D, you know, um, dance artist. Author. Yeah, but it oh, wasn't. Okay. So you're talking about they basically make a novelization of the screenplay. I don't know that that counts. Yes. I'm talking about like... Well, that is well, a it movie does count. I think it's... I mean, how, how else would you do a movie to a book? Yeah, I guess you're right. Or a novel written on the screenplay. Based on the screenplay. Right. But 
Yeah. Everybody says not not that I'm ever going to read that book, um, because there are actually Salvatore novels that I'm reading right now dealing with Dritz and Forgotten Realms, which is you know more interesting to me than Star Wars Episode Two right now. Um, <laughs> which isn't hard to achieve. Staring my own shit in the bowl is more interesting than episode two. But like, uh, you know, why why do why do movies to games suck? You know, what gets lost in translation? Uh, and, and also, you know, books to movies that also loses something in the translation, don't you yeah, think? How many times yeah. have you heard somebody say, "Yeah, it was okay, but"? Not Nothing compared the to the book. Yeah, the book was better. The book's better. You hear that constantly. Like, oh, yeah. And I want to kind of explore why people tend to have that perspective and why they can't see that a movie can't achieve everything the book did because it's a totally different way of telling a story. Um, so, yeah, I, I was going to just start off by saying I think there's something that all of these have in common. And I think it can be likened to like a Xerox copy of something. Or facts. You, you take the original, you copy it into this different form, and it loses something in translation. It's not as crisp, it's not as clear, the vision of it is not there. And I think that's what happens with everything that you listed off movies, games, whatever. Now, I would say that I'd argue that, that that represents a very shitty conversion, the, the type that failed. Yeah. There's another way to do it, which is you take the original and you hire an artist to, like, if you've got a picture that you're trying to send through the facts take that picture and you have him paint it. You know, yep. the watercolor or oil painting, and it can actually be something that stands apart from the original work, something that proves upon, takes it from a different angle. And I think that's the key to successful crossovers. you got to harness the strength of your medium and rather just, you know... Well, I mean, let's talk about it. One of the most successful crossovers, maybe we could start by talking about this, okay. that I could possibly ever think of, would be Lord of the Rings. Uh, yeah, that instantly came to mind. That's a definitive success. Yeah. Um, however, as a fan of the books, and obviously the movies too, I can honestly say that they changed a lot. I mean, they really did. They changed a lot. But I think the key to the success is the tone. They kept the same... They respected the material in a in the sense of the way that it was presented, kind of matched the tone and flavor and feel of the universe. Yeah, they had it a was luxury. respectful. They know? had the luxury of hand-picking artisans, uh, actors, authors, mm-hmm. and obviously the director that incredibly respected material. I mean, you listen to Alan Lee and, and uh, what's the other guy's name? John Howe, yeah. uh, the artist. Yeah. They loved Tolkien's universe, they loved bringing it to life, the guys that made the weapons and the armors, the armor were all diehard Tolkien fans, and they were personally invested to make sure the look is just right. Yeah. And if you ever got a chance to go to like the Lord of the Rings museum exhibit to travel around after the third movie was released, and you get to see that stuff up close, just to see the embroidery. Which I went to. And that was the detail on the armor and weapons. It was amazing. I mean, it really looked like historic, historical artifacts. Yeah, so there was a lot of passion there. And I don't think that's always true with crossovers. Oh, no. <laughs> Especially, you know, when it's a movie game. That's the most notorious thing. Working in retail for nine years and selling games and seeing how much 
came through that was a movie to gain conversion that sucked ass was just a, an, a, an experience that I don't want to ever relive. <laughs> Every time. I think you're going to have to, man, because they're not going to stop. Yeah, but that's just it. I mean, isn't it? Nobody likes these things, right? Likes what things? What, like, a, when's the last time you movies. played a game that was based on a new movie? Can you tell? Can I just played Iron Man Suit Demo and it was horrible. Oh, but occasionally they're good was it? because, like, a really good action movie, like for example, when they made the Chronicles of Riddick, they actually had that Escape from Butcher's Bay mm-hmm. that was widely regarded as a very successful video game. So it's like when you have something like. I was really looking forward to play as Iron Man. I'm like, how do you fuck this up? Yeah, exactly. It's a robot that can fly, you can punch things, you can zap things, you can he's got cool villains. Yeah, but by like God, Transformers. They how can you fuck that to up? The controls are awful. I've got something to lay on the table, and it's just going to have to be Put one that word. back in your pants. <laughs> it's a cock out of your mouth. It's <laughs> Superman. There, and, and I can think of one example of a good Superman, Superman. Game. the arcade. But yes, the arcade oh, game. Where you're flying around. The arcade game. Got, I the, forgot uh, about that. Yeah, you got had the other guy who's in like gold and yeah, black. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It yeah. had the original score from Superman uh-huh. movies. Did it really? Great game. I love that game. Uh, very awesome. However, you also have the NES game. Total piece of shit. Don't remember shit. that one. Oh. Terrible, terrible. It was almost kind of like an RPG adventure game. What was wrong? And you were like playing the stock market as... Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Sorry, you lose. <laughs> uh, and then you've got one of the worst games of all time, Superman 64. Or Superman for the Nintendo 64. You didn't like that? <laughs> that was I such mean, a huge pile of horseshit. If you really want to play a Superman in a pod, then that's And fine. flying through uh, rings. rings. I mean, I guess my thought it's is like that you show should... Dog. If you're making this these games, you should say, okay, I've got this license. People want to be Superman. And if you, at any point in the game, you're playing it and you're feeling like, I'm not Superman, you failed. And you need to figure out what the problem is and re- redirect it. I agree. If you're not aboarding fetus left and right with your x-ray vision, that's right. <laughs> that's right. And that dosing women's uteruses with gamma radiation. He's pro-choice. His glance. choice. Yeah. Well, they said the other day you were pregnant. That's right. <laughs> Man, did you know you were pregnant? Emphasis were. So honestly, I think that is the perfect example of the opposite of what Lord of the Rings was as a translation, because you just listed Aaron all these ha- impassioned people who worked on the project for years and years, and really, you know, put their sweat, blood, and their tears into trying to live up to what they admired. Now, Superman 64, on the other hand, I don't even know if they knew anything about Superman. I mean, the multiplayer in that game has Superman confined to a pod. Yes. It did not feel like you were playing a Superman. No, it felt like you were the paraplegic version of Superman. And you know what? I mean, I understand they tried to make the sweeping... Sandbox, Metropolis, and they couldn't do the God of the Hardware, so they had the Kryptonite Fog, all that bullshit. But, I mean, to me, it's like, why wouldn't they just remake the original arcade game? Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Just update the graphics, maybe and add why, some more capabilities to it. Why, why translate the gameplay into a series of rings that you try to? Makes no sense. The people just didn't understand what kind of game they were making. Same thing with it's the awesome. new Iron Man. When you are flying around in Iron Man, you feel like you're playing the jetpack level of fucking well, that was a pretty cool uh, yeah, level. I like pilot but it doesn't feel like you're Iron, Iron Man. Man yeah. 
Yeah. Well, can't you shoot? Like, do you have the ability to blast things with lasers? You do, but it's pretty, it's pretty lame. It's, it's just like, again, yeah, you don't feel the power of, of Iron Man. Huh. So, but yeah. I can't think, let's, but the real question is this. Can we think of a single game the movie translation that did not suck? Oh my god. Let's throw a few that I, I think came close. Doom. Really? I haven't seen Doom. I have not seen Doom. I think it came but really close. how could close. that possibly have been good? Well, well, you're talking about with The Rock, right? Yeah, yeah The Rock, and it uh, it actually wasn't bad. I mean, it kept the kind of feel of the movie. It just was a little too hokey, and it didn't take itself. I mean, I, here's the thing. Um, Hollywood, I don't think, takes video games seriously. They don't. Right. They see it as, like, this novelty that they want to get into. Because it's making a lot of money. Making, like, a billion dollars a year. Yeah. There's actually somebody, um, yeah. I think Ken Devine was talking about this after E3. That he talked to a bunch of Hollywood types, and they're always like, yeah, we want to get in that video game business. He goes, that's as stupid as, like, me coming up and saying, I want to get in this movie-making business. I don't know shit about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't got any skilled people involved. I'm just going to make one. Right. And I think that's exactly what's wrong with the Hollywood, that they give, you know, they don't when they're bidding out this license, they don't go with the studio that's got the people that's most passionate they don't interview who really likes the source material. Sometimes nobody likes the source material. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how would you like to make like a fucking G.I. Joe video game from the new movie? Oh. I, I would hate oh. it. Yeah. That's not my passion. My passion is not there. And then like, you know, for like the example Transformers when they first released that for the new movie, I guess the game sucked. I've heard oh. really good things about the new Transformers. Like, you know. Oh, really? Yeah. Battle for Cybertron or whatever hell it is. So I think we're we're shortly developing a small list of what actually makes these games successful because, you know, first we talked about passion. You've got to be passionate for the source material. Absolutely. And also, to be successful, like Aaron's pointing out, you have to understand the media that you're developing it for. You have to understand the new destination, where, where the new media is. If you don't know how to develop a good quality book, movie, or game, then it doesn't matter how strong the source material is because you're not going to create, you're not going to understand your audience. And honestly, I think that's why book to movie conversions are so successful because you have this crux of a story. You need, in a good movie, in a good book, you need this solid, cohesive story and characters. And characters, and with a book, those are already written for the movie maker. They yeah, don't I mean, have to try and figure out gameplay elements to match movies. They don't have to try and figure out level design to feel like these different elements in movies. Yeah. They can just basically take what's on the page and use it as a screenplay and just make it. And really, I think most, I mean, obviously the screenplay is the blueprint for a movie, and if you got a, a good novelization, it's basically subtracting, because sure. most novels are too long for even a really long movie to hold. Yeah. So it's basically trying to subtract the scrub detail, like almost like compressed the movie, and like either JPEG without having the artifacts too big. And if they don't fuck up the casting and have a reasonable budget, it's hard to go wrong. I mean, one the you, you mentioned Lord of the Rings, another incredibly successful translation of The Godfather. Yeah. Oh yeah. If you've ever read the book, Francis Ford Coppola. It it actually took away some of the respect I had for uh, Coppola because I saw how much of the stuff was on the page. Yeah. I mean, he did a really job casting, brilliant job with the costume and set design, so you really, you know, 
but the, the all the dialogue, all the characterizations, all the descriptions you need to make an awesome set right there on the page. I think the thing about great directors like that, when they take those books, it's not necessarily the story and the characters and the sets they have to worry about. It's the visual storytelling that is really what sets apart great directors and great films from just mediocre Although, I mean, there, there is a part to actually filming a movie and getting your vision. I would say that George Lucas is a very good filmmaker. He just sucks at <laughs> all the non-cinematographer director things. He cannot sure. write dialogue. He cannot come up with compelling characters. He can do nice effects. He can do that, well, yeah. he can't even do those. Sure, I mean, yeah, his company right. does he those. Can, he can tell you what the effect isn't good right, right. I think he was definitely a lot more talented, but again, this kind of diverges off course a little because I think he lost some of his passion. Well, I guess it does kind of tie in because I think when he was at his best there in the late 70s, early 80s, back when George Lucas meant something um, and wasn't the laughing stock he's become, um, he actually was a young, enthusiastic, passionate director who wanted to break away from the norms, and you see that about every good artist. Every good artist fucking hates conformity. <laughs> fucking hates it. And they have a very strong vision. At what they yes, and, and their 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 will is unbreakable. They will go to insane lengths to achieve what they want, how they want it, how they see it, uncompromising. I mean, I was watching a documentary yesterday about uh, Stanley Kubrick, and that that mother. Fucker was the same way. He was a very unique person that didn't want to be him hemi hauled in and controlled. And, you know, in one of his films, he had to make a lot of compromises because he was helping direct at Spartacus. And he had to actually bow to the wishes of other members of the crew because he was actually just joining to make a name for himself. Because he felt, well, if I do this big hit, then I'll be able to do kind of like what Christopher Nolan's done uh, to do what I want in the free way I want to do it. Sure. So, but he hated that process of compromise, and he was very impassioned, and that's why but you he know, was I'm successful. Say something bold that I think any time the filmmaker makes something without compromise, and like when they're you know, most of the time when they're given freedom to do whatever they want. Um, it's, it's not as good as when they have other powerful people that are talented, butting heads. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. I mean, that collaborative process can both misdirect and also steer back onto course the vision of the director. I mean, if you get a director who is who has this great idea and this great vision and this ability to follow through, then too many too many cooks in the kitchen can be a problem. However, you also have that balance where you want the consensus of everyone. Like, you you can't just say, I think this is good, so everyone will think it's good. You have to actually ask everyone and then find out what the crew and what the producers and everybody else think about it. And, yeah, that can definitely improve them. Yeah. But uh, I, I did want to talk about, like, we're, talking, we're on the subject of Lucas and Star Wars. I did want to talk about Star Wars games because there have been a lot of phenomenal Star Wars games. Sure. Yeah. They've been made from the movie. Tie Fighter. Yeah, uh, Our forces, Jedi. And I mean, a lot of them. 
Growing up, I always thought, wouldn't it be great to work for LucasArts? Oh, yeah. Because I was passionate about Star Wars. Sure. And... For a long time, they made no mistakes. Yeah. And I think, again, you have to you have to have the passion, but you also have to have that understanding of the media to make the crossover a success. Um, As a matter of fact, what are some bad Star Wars games? I mean, I know there are some, but... Uh, Padre. Jar Jar's Poo Poo Adventure. <laughs> I would argue uh, Star Wars Battlegrounds. Battlefront? Battlefront? Uh, no, Battlegrounds. What's okay. that? Our real the RTS. strategy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Win. Sure. Um, yeah, that wasn't great. I played that for a little bit. Episode, but, but the ones based on the new movies suck. That bad. Yeah. I mean, in comparison to a lot yeah, of other like, movies. Like, like Republic Commando was really highly regarded. Sure. Jedi Knight. Jedi Knight. That whole series. The Knights of the Old Republic. Absolutely. Other exceptions to... I'm a fan myself, but... Well, I'm a huge fan of Knights of the Old Republic, and... Yeah. I mean, it's... Yeah, it, if you have a good license, that's one thing, but... You also have to have a, a crew that knows the medium, and I think one of the best exceptions to the rule of movie games suck is GoldenEye 007 for Nintendo 64. We have one of the worst examples on that system with Superman 64, <laughs> but we also have one of the only good examples, which is GoldenEye 007. I mean, that's fucking awesome. Rare made an excellent game, but it's a it was a property that was given to a game company that had an excellent track record and knew how to produce and design a game. Also, yeah. don't you think it also lended itself to, I mean, James Bond lends itself to a first-person shooter. It Absolutely. sure does, but look at how many some stuff mediocre like, ones have happened like, since. Iron Man is so amazing that it failed because it's like, it's such an easy seemingly easy conversion. Same thing with Transformers, but you see something like they made a movie about Inception. Or you a mean a game? game. My oh, God. That could that, actually be kind of cool. But I mean, you, you really think it through. It's like, that's the thing that gets people in trouble. Because they can see, like, sequences like the tilting, you know, Shit, the gravity and, and the, and the action, action scenes. And, and the action scenes that they don't realize that... Be all action, no cerebral. Exactly. Exactly. And so I'm wondering like, why... Well, go ahead. Star Wars same way. TIE Fighter, X-Wing, they pulled something that is fun about Star Wars and directly translated. It is it is really fun to be it's fun to fly and do the flight simulator. It's really fun to be a rebel pilot and just run Star Squares fighter protecting Republic You know, I, I just think that's where they uh it, 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 it's, it's sometimes it's about the source material. I mean there's some games, some stuff gets released has no business being forward to video games. Sure. Uh, but I, I was gonna go into Lord of the Rings again. Um which is, in my opinion, a franchise and a series that would have excellent game potential. However, they've never delivered on it. They, yeah. they, like, it, it seems like the perfect MMO to me. The world is so vast, there are so many different things going on, that you would think an MMO is a perfect fit for that series. Yeah, I, the MMO sucks. The MMO my, did suck, but yeah, you've got to think of the model of MMOs today. Like, I don't think Lord of the Rings lends itself to the WoW model very well. Because WoW is all about killing creatures, grinding levels, unlocking new powers, and having those powers interact with other classes. Sure, sure, sure. And Tolkien, by definition, is not high fantasy in the magic department, really. You've got maybe one, you've got maybe five, six, seven characters in all of Tolkien, at least during the War of the Ring, that use anything close to magic. 
it's not high magic. Even Gandalf hardly does anything that's really right. um, the D&D kind of magic that we're talking about. He is, Tolkien had this strange idea of power being like an innate natural ability of a creature and it being a positive thing, and magic as kind of a negative machination. Magic was kind of like his his form of, you know, wheels and gears, and magic was like this unnatural element in his universe, which is one of the reasons it's not really everywhere. I mean, there is some I magic, I but... I agree with that interpretation, but I will say, here's why I think Lord of the Rings and Star Wars, where if you have shallow analysis would say, oh, this is a, a, a no-brainer, uh, but they failed, regardless, is that Star Wars and Lord of the Rings is about a small group of individuals that made a huge difference in the world. Yeah. That's the feel and that's the fantasy. World of Warcraft is based on Warcraft, where by definition you had an army of mooks that were serving towards a greater good. So you sliding into the role of one of those mooks and you know, going and being a small role player, not in the pen and paper sense, but in the sense that you have a role like tank or DPS or healer, it, yeah. it didn't violate the feel of that universe. Whereas Star Wars, man, you want to be fucking doing big, important shit. You don't want to be grinding out on tattoo. You don't want to be, you don't want to be the moisture, you don't want to be Luke <laughs> as a moisture farmer from four years old to 18. You want to be 18 getting basically abducted by a Jedi Knight and going on this big adventure to Sultan of Death Star. Yeah. Only one person can do that, though. Only one Absolutely. person can throw the ring in into Mount the crack Doom. of Mount Doom. Okay, or kill well, a Balrog. Why do we see a killer Lord of the Rings RPG? Single player. Like Final Fantasy style. Well, I think... Because the story's already been told and everyone knows it. I think that there actually have been really faithful rec- recreations of that, but that's the problem. That it is extraordinarily... You know, accurate representation. It's like, why would you play it through a story that you know how it ends? Sure. You know? yeah, the thing is, I think Aaron's right. What people like about Lord of the Rings and Star Wars is the definitive adventure that they've already been on. So yeah. you get you fall into two traps if you're going to do a, a a game based on the movie based on the book. I mean, <laughs> uh, we're talking about three layers of of. Uh, is this a triple shift filter again? <laughs> no. <laughs> Well, it certainly can be. In the case of Lord of the Rings Online, it was. When I was farming crops, you know, and delivering, hand-delivering pies yeah. to other hobbits in the Shire, I wasn't really feeling heroic. You weren't? No, really? no not really. Huh. And I think the thing is, is that there is a lot of things you can do in the Tolkien universe, but people are kind of a little bit turned off by the differences, because... He'd be like, okay, this is Lord of the Rings, but the the One Ring has already been destroyed. We we can't have the player do what Frodo does. We can't really have the player do what Gandalf does. But that's what the person that's going to be drawn to this knows and loves. Yeah, and they can't do and that. And they can't really do the things that they know and love. So, inevitably, you have to change what it's all about, just to present something the player can interact and with. And not really Lord and of the Rings. And then it doesn't feel like Lord of the Rings or Star Wars. It's just, that's why, it's that's Catch why the new Star Wars MMO, based on the Old Republic, old Republic. is doomed to fail. Never. Uh, because of uh, Oh, that's the opposite, I think. I think that's why it's actually All right, actually it successful. is July 29th, 7.48 p.m. <laughs> I'm calling that it's going to be failure, and here's why. KOTOR... <laughs> okay. You were the biggest, baddest, most influential person in the galaxy, even if you didn't know it to begin with. Yeah. 
Okay. In the Old Republic MMO, you're going to be a mook. And it's not going to feel right. What are some successful? Let's let's just run down top six, top most successful okay. video game to movie conversions. Video game to movie. I can't think of oh, video one. game the to closest movie? one. Tomb Raider. Peter and I kind of. I I Tomb thought Raider's it was okay. Okay, but it could have been better. I liked it. Yeah, I didn't love it. How about the second Tomb Raider? I didn't oh, see that one. She didn't even see that. <laughs> I didn't total see the second shit. one. Total Cradle shit. of Life wasn't really Is yeah, it bad? Really bad. I mean, Angelina Jolie's still hot. But you I know, really, I think that's most of the reason you guys like it. Angelina Jolie was ridiculous. Well, she was born to play Laura Croft. That's a big reason. Yeah. yeah. But once you say that's a failure, when you say they got the actress who was born to play Laura Croft and the movie was okay. Um, I don't think it's a failure. I think a failure is... We're talking... We are comparing Tomb Raider to you, Bowl. This side. Well, but so that's damning with fucking faint praise. Exactly. Like you're, <laughs> yeah, you, you have to compare it to what's out there. And I mean, Tomb Raider compared to any U Wall movie is... Or I'm sorry, Uwe. Uwe Ball. Uwe Ball. Yeah, you I don't want to get punched Doom, in the like face by this guy. Doom was a pretty faithful translation of Doom. Now, I've not seen, seen Doom why, justify a, why it's actually decent. How can you make a good movie based on scares. a mindless FPS? It had some genuine scares. It had a decent... So it's a horror movie? It's a horror movie. Uh, it had a really cool 15-minute se- segment where it was shot in first person. Oh, yeah. So it was like an homage to the video game. Um, I don't know. Like That's kind of interesting. I like Wing that. Commander mm. horrible. Uh, skeptical. Oh. Hey, yeah, Wink oh, God. Mostly because it failed. It didn't have any good characters. It was like Matthew Lillard, and yeah, he could be okay. It was still terrible. I don't like I the like guy. I know you don't. Like SLC Punks. I hate SLC that guy. Punks is good. Oh, yeah, SLC Punks. You had the Biff from Back to the Future play Maniac in the games. You had Mark fucking Hamill. Hamill. You had Luke Skywalker as your main character yeah, Wing in the games. Three and four were better movies than the fucking Wing Commander. Oh, movie by was. a thousand fucking times. You had John Rhys Davis, Malcolm McDowell. Yeah. That's a fucking cast right yeah, there. It really is. It's oh, amazing they got that God. video game made. Actually. Oh yeah. I got to think about it. So. And now the movie is a bunch of like teeny tweens. Yeah. It's- Freddie Prince Jr. was not a good choice. And the effects were shit. They were. Did you see the bald costumes of the Kill Rapids? How bad bad, if they just put them in modern day flight suits? Yeah. It would have looked a thousand times cooler. Yeah. The Kill Rapids were really bad. Yeah. Um, You know, let's try to think of some others. Prince of Persia, did anyone see that? I I I heard it was okay. I heard that was actually decent. It wasn't horrible, but it was just okay. I, of course, like Final Fantasy Advent Children. I did too. Based on Final it. Fantasy VII, I thought that yeah, was a good one. Yeah, I didn't. It didn't feel like Final Fantasy again. Not yeah. really with the along with the spirit of the games. And I think that actually had a lot to do with them hiring known actors. I don't think they should have gone that route. What do you mean? Uh, well, they did Steve Buscemi. They did uh, the older guys. It's a distraction, right? Yeah. In what? In spirits with him. Yeah, but that was all digital people. Yeah, but they were doing the voices. And, and oh. Steve Buscemi is instantly recognizable. And mm. looked like him, too. All the characters looked like him. Were modeled after the actor. Yeah. I think that was a mistake. Um, as far as an effects display, it was fantastic. But yeah, all the Uwe Bowl cool movies. All the Uwe Bowl movies. Uh, oh, my God, terrible. Blood Rain. 
course, that was a terrible video game to base it on, too. Alone in the Dark. Um, uh, Postal. Holy shit. I didn't even see Postal. Here's my take on it. I mean, you know the, the whole thing with the Uwe Boll, right? He exploits this t- loophole in the German uh, tax laws where he basically gets free money to make a movie. How did and you do this? I'm going to start. <laughs> I don't know. They're trying to encourage. They're trying to encourage people to make movies in Germany, which is a laudable goal. But they they let any idiot apparently take out a grant. So he gets a grant to make this movie. Makes the movie at almost no cost. Has a contract to get. If it makes ten million dollars, that's ten million dollars. It pretty much goes right to his his pocket. Wow. He wash, rinse, repeats. And wow. he picks titles that geeks might actually like. Oh yeah. Like yeah. And he definitely. Like it's, when it's I geek, first saw like one of his movies, I thought, "Wow, this wow, yeah, I want to see of this." Exploitation. He makes geek exploitation. Yeah. Only shitty. We oh, I gotta it. say, Blood Rain 2 has Christina Locken in it, the uh, Terminator right. girl. Right. And she's nude, so you got you gotta love that. And kudos to Uwe Boll yeah. for that move. I like yeah. that one. I think Blood Rain 1 has her in it, too, isn't it? It might. Maybe it's Blood Rain 1 that I'm thinking of. I haven't uh, watched these. Then again, if I wanted to pop in a movie that I'm gonna beat my sausage to... And just run down to the porn store. I was going to say, there, or, or, or come on, you're not going to run down to the porn store. You're going to hit up the fucking... Okay, turn on my computer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't think you can see her anywhere else as far as I know. So. Yeah, true. Yeah. i got a weakness for celebrities, too. <laughs> so, you know, I can't think of any other successful video game conversions. Going the other way, movie to video games, I can think of... I mean, there was Hitman. Hitman wasn't terrible. Oh, really? I haven't seen that either. It had uh, What's-His-Face from Las Vegas. Max Payne, what does that, that mean? To me, that movie looked interesting because it completely subverted what Max Payne was about, apparently. <laughs> did it? I mean, it looked like it did. I mean, the only judge... It had bullet time, right? Well, but, but there was, like, fucking flaming angels. And, Whoa. Like, there was no real supernatural elements outside the one idiot that was coked up and thought he was a werewolf. <laughs> that was kind of a creepy <laughs> level of Max Payne, but... I've only played the first one. I've just so played the first one also. Like movie, movie, movies and video games. It seems like, to me, the weakness there, Aaron, is that, well, let's just take a conversion that's usually successful to compare it to books to movies. You have a plethora of source material, so you can pick and choose from the sea of good stuff and then adapt it to your medium of film. Well, game to movie, let's say like, you know, Doom or Tomb Raider, you have a thin script because the game is focused on the gameplay, yeah. whereas the plot is kind of shallow. I mean, let's like, face it. Can you imagine it. a Call of Duty movie? That'd be fucking horrible. I mean, I it, mean would, it would just be a war might movie. Yeah, it's just a war movie. Saving Private Ryan yeah. for two hours. Yeah. Yeah, there's, again, nothing We're unique about it. We're going to get this fucking beach if we have to shoot every other fucker out of it. It's just weaker source material than a book. Yeah, and from book to film, you have a thinning of substance, right? Because you have to thin it. You can so, still fuck this up. Oh, you can. Oh, you I can. mean, like some of the really bad Tom Clancy movies, because I'm a very passionate Tom Clancy fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only really good Tom Clancy movie they've ever made yet is Hunt for October. Coincidentally, that's Tom Clancy's shortest book. Hmm. And it's the one that's probably the most cinematic. It's a really good movie. Um, Why don't you hilarious. like the other conversions, like with uh, Harrison Ford? Like, do you really think Patriots Game is good? Have you seen Patriots Game or I've not Clear and Present Danger? Or I know on Tomato Meter it's pretty. All the Harrison Ford ones suck because uh-huh. I don't think I think Harrison Ford is fundamentally miscast as Jack Ryan. I think probably. 
that. I haven't read much Tom Clancy. He, uh, you know, I actually thought, I actually thought the, that was, uh, (laughs) the sum of all fears. Yeah. Um, that actually wasn't bad. It, it, and and just like, cause it's, what's really great is that commentary on the DVD has Tom Clancy sitting down with the director and talking about what a hack and how fucked up he did the movie. And the director kind of defending himself from Tom Clancy. Wow. Um, his biggest complaint is the same thing in mine. In, in, in um, some of all fears, the villains are Muslim extremists, which actually have been very topical, but the, the fucking production company and director were too afraid, so they cast them as neo-Nazis. Hmm. Neo-Nazis really? are not... That'd be like saying the KKK... <laughs> It's going to blow up New York. multi-million dollar plans. I mean, I don't know why. I mean, that was the biggest... The rest of the movie was actually very successful, very well done. Um, I think Ben Affleck is a terrific Jack Ryan. And I actually thought that that Lee Schreiber guy actually did a very credible John Clark. But, um, boy, uh, just just by miscasting the villains, they fucked it up. How do you think Alec Baldwin did with Jack Ryan? Alec Baldwin is the best Jack Ryan ever. You think so? He was perfectly cast. Huh. He, in fact, when I read wow, the books why? now, I see Jack. I see Alec Baldwin when I read Jack Ryan. Okay. So, and he's kind of aged to become more like us. By, by the end of the spoiler alert, if you haven't read these fucking books in fifteen years, uh, by yeah, the end of the, the Jack fuck Ryan, off our yeah, get the fuck off our podcast. <laughs> by the end of the Jack Ryan series, Jack Ryan becomes president. Oh wow! And really? the Jack, and, oh and God! Alec boiled it. Alec Baldwin right now I'll is never the read another presidential one. Jack Ryan. Oh, yeah. So he's really yeah. aged appropriately, so that's why it's like he really is my definitive Jack Ryan. Hmm. I can see that. Yeah, I can't think of any more uh, successful games and movie. But you know, what, now, what are some things that could be good? Like, I always thought Shadows of the Colossus would be an interesting movie, but then I start thinking about there's so little plot there. Yeah. So yeah. much of it is the... Well, and that could actually support a creative director with a creative vision, because it's almost like having... It's just this next best thing to having a totally blank screen, a uh, blank slate. Yeah. Um, a blank slate is really where you start, <laughs> and if you're too pigeonholed, then there's no room for any kind of creative display in a new medium. I'm going to say another title, Metal Gear. I think that's too too whacked out. It, Metal it, it Gear didn't start has, that way. Like Metal not, Gear for right. NES, and you, you do some of the PlayStation. I think that's an excellent Mission Impossible style. Honestly, I'm so I don't know military movie van games. Like I I've seen so many of them. I mean, how do you top Full Metal Jacket as far as military based movies? I mean, I don't know. it's Save good, but it's not my yeah, favorite. How do you top, how do you top Black Hawk two? Down? They're they're very different. Well. Blackhawk Down I, is I think good. Steven Watch out. Better than Blackhawk. Oh. For, Forrest Gump. Oh, <laughs> oh wow. started a war here. I'm not going to say it's better or worse, but Blackhawk Down is really good. Well, before and you guys war on the this, the book is amazing too. I got to say something about the Metal Gear um, because hey, Ron, I just beat Metal Gear Solid Four for PlayStation Three uh, like three days ago, and that Hit is a rose on your brick. I already did. Thank you very much. Was did you find an abusive experience? Because I've I've heard it described as the game punishes you. The, like, why do you like the series? You like the series? Well, watch a two-hour cutscene that you can't yeah. skip, fucker. The, the game was agonizing when it came to the length of the cutscenes. Watch, watch your In hero my opinion, this is what I was going to say. In my opinion, they've already done the Metal Gear 
movie, <laughs> and it's called Metal Gear Solid 4, and you can go get it right now on your PlayStation yeah, 3 console. Right, right. Um, the gameplay was fun, but it's like, uh, it, it's like once every two hours you get to play for 15 minutes. Yeah. And then you sit through uh, an, a long install, a load time, and then a long cutscene, and then you play again. That sounds terrible. It was it was pretty grueling. Sounds like a Final Fantasy game. And with that said, I, I actually like it. I actually like Metal Gear Solid 4 because it gave me all kinds of fan service. Um, sure, I mean, yeah, the first three times set up for it, right? And you, well, yeah, and you revisit elements of, like, if you're a fan of the series, you'll probably like it, despite its abusive length in the cutscenes. <laughs> um, but they don't need to make a Metal Gear movie because they've already made one. Yeah. And right now, you would have to do a prequel just in the way it ends, you know, spoiler alert again. It's pretty much over at the end of that game. So if you're going to make one, you'd have to pick an earlier time period. That's probably okay. Because, yeah, sure, why not? Those at least had a same plot. Like, the pl- let me give you one plot element out of the new game. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert, guys. There's a character in the series called Revolver Ocelot. And he is a triple agent who loses his arm in the first Metal Gear Solid game and gets your twin brother... Uh, Liquid Snake's arm grafted to his body to replace his limb, and then a dormant personality in the arm takes over his mind. That and is he fucking be- crazy. He becomes Liquid Ocelot. And he is it's now... a requirement in Metal Gear Solid the universe that you have fucking stupid Liquid. Names. Well, wait a second. Liquid like was also a man with multiple agendas. So, through a vast majority of the series, you don't know who this person is, or where he stands on anything, because he's this blender, he's this shake of characters. And it's just, uh, it's pretty it's pretty bonkers. So if you did a movie start early, when the plot was actually somewhat, you know, sensible, that, that would be my suggestion. You actually follow the plot. Yes. Hmm. <laughs> well, do you have anything else to say about this topic? Or should we move around it? Would you rather? I like the Would you rather this time. We're bringing it back. Bringing it back. Kicking That's it a big old way. school. Kicking it old school, homie. With the Would you rather? Yeah. And I think we got a pretty devious one. It's on the topic of crossovers. Chris and, uh, crossovers. We talked about the man. His name's Uwe Boll. Is that how you pronounce it? It, is. it, it looks like Uwe. Uwe. Ooh, ooh, ah. <laughs> oh, baby, come and fuck my video game franchise way uh, The whiskey and the cigars are setting in, yes. listeners. This is the time to podcast which I say. This is what we have to set up a little bit, because the, the first option is a little complicated. Um, first option we've got is we are going to put on a marathon. <laughs> Uwe, Uwe, Bowl movies. Ugh, Uwe. We're going to make you watch for six months. We're going to make you watch on repeat Uwe Bowl movies. Now, you six are going months? To be six months. It's harsh, I know. But listen to this. <laughs> you are going to be suspended in a. I'll pick option B already. <laughs> yeah, I'm leaning, I'm leaning. Okay, I'll wait. No, I'm I retract B. that. I'll wait. Okay, six-month movie marathon. You are in a sensory deprivation tank. 
Um, Definitely be. You are being fed bland, tasteless food through a tube. Holy shit. Uh, you have video goggles and headphones on, so you literally can feel, hear, see, taste nothing. Put in a ball, and you can taste it. <laughs> I don't want to feel, see, touch, taste it anything. It tastes like either. shit. It tastes like sweaty ball sacks, sweaty German balls, Bavarian ball sacks. Pretty much the the mush coming into it your mouth. It tastes like Bavarian nuts in my mouth. Uh-huh. It's his seed in your mouth. Okay. So for six months, you have that happening. Or the other option is... Okay. We take the film. Would you rather... Would you rather have that happen, the split marathon, or would you rather eat the physical film... Recorded during the filming of all Uwe Boll's movies. <laughs> Do we know how much celluloid we're talking well, about? We do. We actually calculated this out. No shit. If you talk about 30 frames per second. Okay. 24, but whatever. It's 29.97, actually. At the movies? Not, not the movies. No. Okay. I guess it would be 24. Anyway, you've, you've overestimated. Okay, we've a overestimated a little. I can recalculate it here. Um, okay, so you, he, he has made 25 movies. Not all of those video game movies, but a, a good majority of them are. Yeah. Wow. We're going to say every movie is made, you got to eat. Holy shit. <laughs> Physically consume Physically. the frames of the mo- the film of the movie. Film. That is a lot of fiber. Is that, isn't that dangerous? I believe the chemical abuse in the film would be somewhat toxic. Is it toxic? It's got to be. It's got to be, right? I don't know. Um... That's a lot of that's a lot of fiber, y'all. <laughs> I would I would say this: if it's not toxic, like if I can detox the frames of the movie and like eat them at a slow clip. Yeah, I was gonna say sure, how how uh, do we have six two frames a day? It? It but but dig this: I just did the math. Yeah, two frames a day. No, 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 two frames per minute. One frame every thirty seconds. Yes. Okay. So if you're persistently eating one frame, you put the frame in your mouth, you're you're chewing it like you eat a picture, and you swallow it. You're actually consuming Uve Bull movies for the next 3.8 years straight. Oh shit! And if you calculate, (laughs) so if you try to scarf it down in six months, you're gonna die. You're you're, something's gonna rupture. Yeah. (laughs) God. So we're talking about six months of eating film of Uve Bull movies. How about this? I have to come in and say where I stand first. And I think I'm going to eat the film. What? I think I'm How are you going to do that? Film, and I'm going to do it slowly. I'm going to do it over the 3.8 years. So there's no time there limit no on time this? There's no time limit on eating. I, there's no time limit on So why don't you, you just eat do it over the next... The rest of your life. Six years. Actually, yeah. just just put it off all the time and then die. Yeah. And say I was going to get to it tomorrow. Yeah. It's on, my list. it's on my bucket list to eat all this. I think there has to be time constraints. Um, six months. Well, there needs to be You're going to eat 3.8 years of movie in six months? Yeah. How? I'm saying that Blend like tech a... blender? <laughs> I guess. Blend I mean, yeah, an Uve shake. <laughs> Have an IV drip. I've heard weirder things. Anyway. Like revolver off. The point is, you're going to take this into your body. You're going to do like transmute like a poison? I wouldn't eat the no, film I'm gonna, straight. I'm going to eat it slowly over a period of time. I would eat it with tomato and cottage mustard. cheese. I'm going to eat it with ketchup. I'm going to eat it with onions. I'm, I'm going to serve it up in a sandwich. Every time I eat a hamburger, I'll put 20, 30 frames on it. What if you throw up? I mean, what if I puke it? What? 
I mean, if they're solid chunks of brain, then that's vomit. You, you have to pick it out. And eat so it you're basically out. saying, would I rather be brainwashed like a Marxist propaganda film with six months of Uwe Boll straight delivery into my brain? Wow. Or eat every film he made? And this let me, is insidious. And let me lay this on you. I okay. looked up sensory deprivation. And apparently, in the flotation rest, which is the, the saline and water yeah, right, that you yeah. float in there, Yeah, sure. People can really only handle that without ill effect for a few hours. Yeah, like in one time, bring back the Tom Clancy, one Tom Clancy what do you mean? Use as a torture device. Oh, yeah. It becomes uncomfortable after a few hours yeah. because you, you yeah. physically, with, without like extreme physical effort, you cannot even turn over. Yeah. You can't move in that solution. Is that what we're in? That's yeah. what we're in, yeah. So three or four hours. And the thing is, it's not truly really sensory deprivation because you will have stim- your your senses. Yeah. Stim- Audio and visual, yeah. plus the mush in your mouth, which plus you said was tasteless, though. Tasteless, yeah. Just like a you know what? Like Fuck that. They're eating the feed them, feed yeah. through, it's fed through a tube. That's yeah. That's always said. I'm saying it's like you know, it just by, it goes right to your stomach, oh, like, like yeah, you're in a coma. Yeah. Can you imagine the person that walks out of this chamber? He won't. Uh, could you even he, call him a you, person? You probably wouldn't be able to, would you? I wonder which, I wonder which option you have all would choose. <laughs> he would punch you for suggestion. That's yeah. going to be Uwe Boll's hell for yeah. making so many yeah, bad movies. That's the seventh circle. Yeah. He'll have to sit in the deprivation chamber while eating his film. So you wanted to punch people for saying he sucked? Spend eternity watching your own shit. And then make him eat it. He'll get both. So I'm going to eat it. What about you guys? God damn. Uh, if there's no time limit, I might be talked into eating it too, just because six months is a long time. So everybody long says time. it's not very long, but if you you just miss six months of your life, yeah, that's a that's a big chunk. Yep. Um, <laughs> boy, if you'd have made it more, like if you okay, <laughs> if you'd have made it like a month, easy choice, easy choice. Yeah, that's I think it's too easy. Six months. Yeah. yeah, we actually theory crafted a little bit on this. Uh, we calculated how. Oh, I'm coming yeah. in virgin. I did not know. Yeah, I, that's this a tough is a one, machination. Man. This of is, this is tough. That's you know, there stuff. is. I think you mentioned this yesterday. That that's kind of a noble choice too. It is, yeah, because you are the film, destroying the work. You are like if these are the archival copies that the Library of Congress was going to put in, so the archive for future generations. <laughs> Who would and you do said, that? No, I will. Eat I them. must eat them. <laughs> Maybe Barack Obama called you up, gave you a special mission <laughs> that you Our must, for the good ransom. of the country, for the good of the country, yes. Germans are invading the <laughs> They sure serve are. Your, serve your country. This is like some mingalage type shit. This yeah. is some yeah. concentration camp stuff we're talking about. I think, uh, while you're skirting the issue, Aaron, I'll let you milk it over. I've had more time to think about this yeah. than you. And I'm going to go ahead and say that I would eat them also because of this one thing. I can take the frames of the movie, all the film, and pile it into a blender, and I can blend them will up. Blend? I, will it blend? I can add ice cream and milk. Sure. And any other flavors Make that a don't shit taste shake? like... Yeah. Make a milkshake? Make a shake. Yeah. Make an Uwe Bowl milkshake. That's exactly what shit I would do. Shake. And I would drink, like, half the entire life filmography in a single setting. Now, granted, you know, I don't want to throw that up and then have to pick through frames of film That's why you blend it. in the milky vomit. That's why you blend it. Yeah, but still, then I'd have to eat the entirety of the vomit, right? Because, like, yeah, you would. Because how could you, like, let's say you ate it and then you threw up an hour later. 
Kevin's dad's like, you know, how how, how much of that's going to be? You're not going to make you eat all that. Well, the thing here is that you, I think there's going to be a lethal enforcer, right? There because has, you have yeah. to have one chance or the other. You're going to ditch this. Is it like the long walk? Yeah. You know, like where it's the guy with a loaded pistol that he sits and he's like, you know, you sit he's there, your you personal guard. Rate. If you slow down, like, uh, you're at three frames per minute. <laughs> yeah. If you drop below three frames per minute for five minutes in a row, he just shoots you in the head. Eat that shake puke, kid. No, I can't do it. And then you hear a gun cock. Like every waking moment, you wake up, the first thing you see is that shake sitting by your bed. <laughs> yeah, and the guy with the gun. And the guy with the gun. <laughs> he's staring right at it. right, right. Yeah. Right. And you know what he means. He doesn't uh, have to say a word. Yeah. He just looks at the shake, looks back at you. You know what you have he's to do. Looks his, at the shake he's in again. The cleaning his gun. Yeah. And I you've got say, twelve movies to go, son. I gotta say, I think I gotta eat the film too. You're gonna eat it. Six eat months it. of that. You. I mean, I, if you. I don't me think watch, you'd be a person. You made me watch yeah. Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> and 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 the original Raiders of the Lost Ark and the Lord of the Rings trilogy and Inception. For six months of a sensory deprivation thing, I'm going to eat. I'll, I'll eat a pile of dead babies. I'll eat a pile of cow shit. I'll eat a. I'll, I'll eat all the unrefined nuclear waste in North America. I mean, I just that's death is a better release than, than that scenario. Yes, yes having dude. an uve bowl just takes uh, it over the top. <laughs> all right, so we're all going to eat it. Going all to right. eat it. I'd rather eat it. And we're going to get punched in the face by Uwe Boll. But you know what? I'm taking boxing lessons. I think I can take that German See, fuck. that's what I was going to say. That's why we couldn't have made it boxing, Uwe Boll, because around here... I'd tear his ass. Up. I'd be like, I ain't no low-tax motherfucker. And you're big, man. You probably... Pow! I would love to see you do it, too, because as I understand, he's a real arrogant prick. Yeah, he beats up a bunch of internet geeks that didn't even think he'd go through with it. But he's a Did he beat up geeks? He has had training. I, I saw the fight. It, it wasn't I'm just saying, he the guy. I'm just say, I'm just saying he'd know he'd been in a fight. Sure. So. Sure. Right. Okay. Well, I think that's gonna just not do it. Just about do it. It's about gonna do it. Let's break out our banjos, everybody. All right. Well, We're out here in nature. Yeah. I believe our new logo <laughs> on iTunes is a banjo. Uh-huh. Uh, Shoved up our Banjo Yonder, we're changing the name of the show. Banjo Kazooie. God damn it, that's better than Blue Yonder. That is better. Banjo Yonder. <laughs> Shit, um, we just made a revelation right here in the yeah. cast. We're 22 through 423 episodes our, too late. We're changing our web address, folks. Banjo Yonder. Banjo Kazooie Yonder. Banjo Move. Uh, leave it's us a banjo move there. Right there. Um, you can also go to our website, visit our forums, www.baldmove.com. Or... <laughs> Or you can send us an email at blueyonder.com. Or you call us the 1-800-FUCK-UVE. <laughs> oh, oh, watch out. I'm better He's that. got your number. He's going to box you. 1-800-SHIT-SHAKE. Yeah. <laughs> or you can call us the 1-800-SHIT-SHAKE. With that said, until next time, I'm Jim Jones. And I am Peter Street. Here on Hubbard Show. Sexy walk and the bluest eyes. The clothes are all painted on to the thighs. She 
got great taste, so I just don't see why she's in love with my costume and not with me. I can change the course of rivers, bend steel in my bare hands. But none of that hokey macho stuff makes me feel any more like a man. I'm faster than a speeding bullet, I'm tougher than a moving train. But why leap a tall building in a single bound when I ran to jump Lois Lane? I got mild manners and my wit is dry But it doesn't ever seem to matter what I say Cause Lois never gives me the time of day But when I fly the city in my blue and red She'd risk the whole world just to get me to bed But that's not the way I wanna let her get my body It's not making love, it's seducing God I've told her a thousand times We can never have formal sex If I lose control, we could get David Cronenberg to do the special effects. I'm faster than a speeding bullet, I'm tougher than a moving train. But why leap a tall building in a single bound when I'd rather jump Lois Lane? Well, I'm sick of all the supervillains poking fun just a virgin at age 31 I don't like the names that are being called I couldn't care if Lex Luthor's always been more bald I'd love to let Lois know the way I feel To let her know the man underneath the steel But she doesn't want to have a thing to do with me Unless I'm out bashing baddies in my BBDs. I've had it with the hero His frustration has got me down Why should I bother with saving the city When I'd rather be painting the town than a speeding bullet I'm tougher than a moving train But I'd throw it all away In a minute if I could just Once get the jump on lane